European Heart Journal, Issue at a Glance, Volume 41, Issue 18, Focus Issue, Heart Failure, by Editor-in-Chief Professor Thomas Lucia, read to you by Morgan Bryan. Cardio-Oncology and the Future of Heart Failure There are many causes of heart failure, such as ischemic heart disease, genetic cardiomyopathies, and storage disease. More recently, iatrogenic forms of heart failure occur in patients undergoing cancer therapy. The increasing complexity of chemotherapies and the very large variety of cardiac complications therefore have led to a novel speciality of cardiology, i.e. cardio-oncology. The Cardiotox Registry provides insight into this issue in the article Classification, Prevalence and Outcomes of Anti-Cancer Therapy-Induced Cardiotoxicity by José López Sendón and colleagues from the Hospital Universitario La Paz in Madrid, Spain. They prospectively studied 865 patients, mainly women, scheduled for anti-cancer therapy. Four groups of myocardial dysfunction were considered. 1. Normal, with normal biomarkers and left ventricular ejection fraction, or LVEF. 2. Mild, with abnormal biomarkers and or LVEF of greater than or equal to 50%. 3. Moderate, where LVEF is 40 to 49%. And 4. Severe, where LVEF is less than or equal to 40% and or symptomatic heart failure. Cardiotoxicity was defined as new or worsening ventricular dysfunction over 24 months. Cardiotoxicity occurred in 31.6% of those with mild, 2.8% with moderate and 3.1% with severe LV dysfunction. Mortality in the severe group was 22.9 per 100 patient years compared to 2.3 deaths per 100 patient years in the remainder. Most patients undergoing cancer therapy developed myocardial dysfunction. Nevertheless, severe cardiotoxicity with a tenfold higher mortality was comparatively rare. The clinical implications are discussed in an editorial by José Luis Samorano from the University Hospital Ramón y Cajal in Madrid, Spain. A new class of cancer drugs are immune checkpoint inhibitors and myocarditis is a potentially fatal complication of their use. However, this form of myocarditis has not been well characterized yet. In their article, Cardiovascular Magnetic Resonance, or CMR, in Immune Checkpoint Inhibitor-Associated Myocarditis, Thomas Nealon and colleagues from the Massachusetts General Hospital in Boston, Massachusetts, USA, addressed this issue in 103 patients with the disease. Major adverse cardiovascular events, or MACE, were cardiovascular death, cardiogenic shock or arrest, and complete heart block. LVEF was 50%, with two-thirds of those patients with an LVEF of greater than or equal to 50%. Late gadolinium enhancement, or LGE, was overall present in 48%, and in 55% of those with reduced LVEF. Elevated T2-weighted STIR was overall notable in 28% and in 30% of those with reduced LVEF. The presence of LGE increased from 22% when CMR was performed within four days of admission at 72% at day four or later. LGE was present in only 35% of patients with pathological fibrosis an elevated T2-weighted STIR signal in 26% of lymphocytic infiltration. 40% had MACE within five months. Surprisingly, LGE, LGE pattern and elevated T2-weighted STIR were not associated with MACE. 
Thus, caution must be exerted when relying on LGE or qualitative T2 stir for exclusion of immune checkpoint inhibitors associated myocarditis. These surprising findings are put into context in an editorial by Matthias Friedrich from the Montreal Heart Institute in Montreal, Canada. Cardiac resynchronization therapy, or CRT, is an effective device treatment for HEFREF, reducing overall mortality, sudden cardiac death, and hospitalization. However, CRT is only effective in a proportion of patients with non-responders being difficult to predict. In their article, Machine Learning-Based Mortality Prediction of Patients Undergoing Cardiac Resynchronization Therapy, the Semmelweis CRT Score, Bella Merkele et al. from the Semmelweis Klinika in Budapest, Hungary, sought to develop a machine learning-based risk stratification to predict mortality from pre-implant parameters of 1,510 patients undergoing CRT. 33 pre-implant clinical features were selected to train the models. The best-performing Semmelweis CRT score, along with pre-existing scores such as Seattle Heart Failure Model, Valid CRT, Earn, Screen and CRT score, was tested on an independent cohort of 158 patients. For prediction of 1-5 to five year mortality, the areas under the receiver operating characteristic curve of the Semmelweis CRT score were 0.768 up to 0.803 respectively. Thus, the Semmelweis CRT score, which can be found at www.semmelweiscrtscore.com, outperformed existing risk scores and may be useful to select better patients profiting the most from CRT. Sudden death characterizes the mode of demise in 30-50% to 50 of patients with HEFREF, in their review, What Causes Sudden Death in Patients with Chronic Heart Failure and Reduced Ejection Fraction, Milton Packer and colleagues from the Baylor University Medical Center at Dallas, USA, note that occasionally these events have an identifiable pathophysiological trigger, e.g. myocardial infarction, catecholamine surges, and electrolyte imbalances. But in most circumstances, there is no acute precipitating mechanism. Instead, adverse LV remodeling and fibrosis creates an exceptionally fragile and highly vulnerable substrate, which can be characterized using the model developed in the theoretical physics of self-organizing criticality. This framework has been applied to describe the genesis of avalanches, nodes of traffic congestion unrelated to an accident, the abrupt system-wide failure of electrical grids, and the initiation of cancer and neurodegenerative diseases. Self-organizing criticality within the ventricular myocardium relies on complex adaptions to progressive stress and stretch, which evolve inevitably to an abrupt end, termed cascading failure, even though the rates of deterioration of the underlying disease process has not changed. The result is acute circulatory collapse, i.e. sudden death, in the absence of an identifiable trigger event. Cascading failure in a severely remodeled or fibrotic heart can become manifest electrically as a first-time ventricular tachyarrhythmia that is responsive to the shock delivered by an implantable cardioverted defibrillator, or ICD. Alternatively, it may present as an acute mechanical failure, which manifests as 1. asystole, bradyarrhythmia, or electromechanical dissociation, or 2. incessant ventricular fibrillation that persists despite repetitive ICD discharges. In both incidences, sudden death cannot be prevented by an ICD. This conceptual framework explains why anti-remodeling and antifibrotic intervention, i.e. neurohormonal antagonists and cardiac resynchronization, reduce the risk of sudden death in patients with heart failure in the absence of an ICD 
and provide incremental benefits in those with an ICD. The adoption of an anti-remodeling and antifibrotic treatment may explain why the incidence of sudden death in clinical trials of heart failure has declined dramatically over the past 10 to 15 years, independent of the use of ICDs. Despite improvements in outcomes over the last few decades for HEFREF, there remains a need for novel therapies, as many patients incompletely recover with existing therapies and progress to advanced heart failure. In their review, Novel Approaches to the Management of Chronic Systolic Heart Failure, Future Directions and Unanswered Questions, Yogesh Reddy and colleagues from the Mayo Clinic in Rochester, Minnesota, USA, discuss recent advances in the management of HEFREF with a focus on upcoming therapies that hold great promise. They discuss novel pharmacological therapies and areas of uncertainty with existing therapies and touch on the potential utility and controversy surrounding novel interventions for heart failure such as percutaneous mitral valve repair, atrial fibrillation ablation and other emerging interventions with positive signals for benefits in HEFREF. Finally, the current state of stem cell and gene therapy for HEFREF and future directions are discussed. This issue is also complemented by two discussion forum pieces. In a contribution entitled Incident Heart Failure Risk After Bariatric Surgery, The Role of Epicardial Fat, Reich van Verden and colleagues from the Universiteit Medisch Centrum, Groningen, the Netherlands, comment on the recent contribution entitled Surgical Obesity Treatment and the Risk of Heart Failure by Christian Karasen and colleagues from the Saalgrenska University Hospital in Gothenburg, Sweden. Also about this contribution by Karasen et al., is a comment supplied by Jamalia Natal. The editors hope that this issue of the European Heart Journal will find the interest of its listeners.